Um, thank you so much, Wade, for the introduction and for inviting me to. Um, Um, for inviting me to um, share God's word with you all this morning. Um, as, as Wade said, I just want to bring greetings to you from Berkeley. Um, I am I'm the new RUF campus minister. Um, so yeah, week and a half in the Bay Area. Really excited to get to know the city, the campus, the students. Um, and also really excited to get to know churches in our presbytery, including churches like Indelible Grace. Um, I'm I was really happy to meet Wade, um, and it was it's such a great um, fellowship, and so I'm really looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to hopefully sharing with you guys more in the future of what God is doing at UC Berkeley, and um, if you remember, could remember to pray for us in our ministry, I would really appreciate it. Um, if you have your Bibles with you, I'd invite you to turn with me to our text today. It's in Psalm 23, a very familiar um, psalm to all of us. Psalm 23, if you don't have your Bibles, I think it's in the bulletin. It may be on the screen behind me. Um, And so Psalm 23, this is the reading of God's holy, inspired, and inerrant word. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Would you pray with me one more time before we start? Heavenly Father, Um, We thank you so much for your word. Be with us this morning as we come seeking you this day. Comfort us now. Encourage us with your words. Show us your goodness and mercy. And may the words of my mouth now and the meditation of our hearts together be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Um, So I just transitioned up here to the Bay Area um, about a week and a half ago. And and during times of transition, I find myself reflecting a lot, Um, especially for me. I I was reflecting on my past year. And I don't know about you guys, but if your year is anything like my year, it's been a crazy, chaotic, confusing year. Um, Just on a macro level, uh, we're still dealing with the pandemic, right? It's over two years. It's still mind-boggling to me a little bit sometimes to think about. Um, there is a war across the other side of the world that's still going on. There is um, just the last couple months we've seen in our country different shootings going on. All of us have probably felt the effects of the economy and inflation um, in our lives. And that's just on a macro level. right? On a more personal, on a micro level, maybe some of you guys have been dealing with issues at work, maybe health, maybe um, relationships with your spouse, your kids, your friends. Um, So maybe some of you guys are here this morning uh, and you're tired, you're exhausted. Um, Maybe you're filled with grief. Maybe you're filled with bitterness. Maybe some of you are angry. Um, Maybe some of you are coming here with a lot of questions. Maybe some of you here are looking for a little bit of hope. And I found for me, in times like this, the Psalms are extremely comforting and encouraging. One, because the Psalms help us express our feelings, but the Psalms also help us deal with times of challenge and help us to get us through them. 
And so Psalm 23 is a, is a very familiar psalm that we just read. Maybe for some of you, it's maybe your favorite psalm. I remember growing up reading Psalm 23 and just picturing a scene of like peace and tranquility. Right? Where the sheep are feeding on the grass, they're drinking the water, and the shepherd is lovingly watching over them. It always reminded me of the movie The Lion King, especially that song Hakuna Matata. Right, where they sing about how the life is like, no worries for the rest of your days. And for some reason, that was always the picture I had when I read Psalm 23. But I think if we look closely at Psalm 23, we'll notice that David here is not just describing times of peace, but he also describes times of chaos and confusion. Um, David, he's not only describing green pastures and still waters, but he talks about the valley of the shadow of death. He talks about enemies. He talks about adversity. Or you and I are probably so familiar with Psalm 23, and it's so beautiful that we often forget Psalm 23 is helping address us in times of crisis. Right? It's helping us when it seems like we are in a dark valley and there's no way out. But when you read Psalm 23, you also can't help but feel a sense of confidence. You can't help but feel the psalmist be encouraged and comforted because he knows that God is close to him. He's closer than you think, especially in times of trouble. And so my prayer this morning is that through this psalm, God will seal that truth in your hearts and that you will find confidence in him to rise above whatever storm clouds might be in your life right now. And so I, I hope to use... I hope this morning to use this psalm to show that because the Lord is our shepherd, we can have confidence that he is with us even through life's valleys of darkness. Right? That because the Lord is our shepherd, we can have confidence that he is with us even through life's valleys of darkness. And I want to show this through two points. The first is the life of the sheep, and the second is the love of our shepherd. Life of the sheep, love of our shepherd. And so first, life of the sheep. Um, The first few verses in the psalm, again, are so familiar to us. Describing times in green pastures and still waters. And so David is using this imagery of a sheep and a shepherd. Describing times in our lives when we feel satisfied. When we feel like we are enjoying God's guidance. When we feel like we really, life is smooth and we don't have a care in the world. We don't lack anything because we have God. And yet when we get to verse 4, we see a shift in David's language. Right? The life of the sheep is no longer all rosy and happy, but the sheep has now encountered times in the valley of the shadow of death. Right? That translation, the shadow of death, that's a really good one. Um, but a, a, very, a literal translation, it, you can just translate it to be darkness. And so the sheep experience times in the valleys of deep darkness. And maybe that's how some of us feel right now. Maybe we are going through a valley of deep darkness that life is not only full of despair, but maybe even danger. Right? David experienced that multiple times in his life. Whether it was hiding from Saul because Saul was trying to kill him, right? And so he had to flee into the desert and hide in caves multiple times. Or whether he was fleeing from his own son who was trying to overthrow his father and take the throne. David experienced times of deep darkness. How did he respond? 
How can you and I respond during challenging times in our lives? Well, first, what we can do is we can cry out to God. Right? Notice in verse 4, there's not only a change in the scenery that's being described here from green pastures to dark valleys, but there's also a shift in voice. In the first three verses, when describing a time of peacefulness, the pronoun David uses to address God is in the third person. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness. But now, when describing a time of crisis, the pronouns David uses to address God change to the second person. You are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me. Right? Isn't it interesting that this shift in voice is the same time when there's a shift in the change in scenery and the change in circumstances? When David describes a crisis point in his life, his language changes from he to the more intimate you. Where right? He's addressing God directly. Life has become real and he is looking to God directly for help and for comfort and for guidance. Right? This, this is the same for you and me as well, isn't it? Right? When we are in the valley, when the shadow seems to be closing in, when stormy days descend upon us, our language and our disposition towards God also changes. When life is smooth, when your days are filled with sunny days, we often don't tend to seek out God. But in dark times, we cry out to him. We search for him. We, we yearn for his presence in our lives. Um, for those of you who are parents, you might have experienced this with your kids before. Um, I've, I'm an uncle with, of two nieces. Um, they're six and eight right now. And when they were young, I loved taking them to the park to play. Give my brother and sister-in-law a little bit of a break. And so we loved to play on the swings, on the slides. And when they were with uncle... Um, they didn't have a care in the world, right? They didn't even sometimes know where their parents were. They didn't, they didn't really care because they were having fun, right? Because uncle was fun. Um, but sometimes they, we would play in the park and they would slip and they would fall and they would scrape their arm or they would hit their head and then things would change, right? I don't know if you've ever been around a kid who is hurt and is crying nonstop and won't stop until they find their parents, there was one time when one of my nieces, she scraped her arm um, and she kept crying and crying and crying. And I tried every trick in the book to get her to stop crying. Right? I was trying to bribe her with candy. I was trying to say, I'll, give you, I'll buy you a new toy. I even pulled out the big guns and I said, Uncle will take you to Disneyland if you just stop crying. But none of it worked. Right? It wasn't until I brought them home. It wasn't until she saw mom and dad. It wasn't until she ran into the arms of her parents until she stopped crying. Similarly, when we are hurt, when we are devastated, cry out to God. Run to him for comfort. Don't stop till you grab hold of him. Tell of him your sorrows. Share with him your grief. The Apostle Peter reminds us in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, cast your cares on him. Cast your anxieties on God because he cares for you. Right? Jesus in Matthew 11 says something very similar. 
He says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. My brothers and sisters, especially in times when it's challenging, when you're tired, when it's distressing, when it's difficult, believe in that promise. Go to Jesus and you will find rest. Well, if the first thing the psalmist shows us is to cry out to God when we're in dark valleys, the second thing the psalmist reminds us is that we need to remember that God is in control. Right? This can be difficult, especially during challenging times, because there are so many questions that come up. But look carefully at what David says here in this psalm. David says that even though he walks through dark valleys, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Right? The shepherding imagery is still there. The shepherd is with his sheep, even in the valley, as evidenced by the rod and the staff of the shepherd. And, and why? Why is the shepherd with his sheep in the valley? Right? Not only is he with his sheep there because to protect them from danger, But another reason why the shepherd is with his sheep in the valley is because he's led them there. Look at verse 2. The shepherd leads the sheep beside still waters. And then in verse 3, the shepherd leads the sheep in paths of righteousness. And so it only makes sense that the valley of the shadow of death is also a place that the shepherd has led his sheep there. God, as our shepherd, allows us, his sheep, sometimes to experience times in the valley. But the natural question among us should be, why? Or why does God let us experience times in the valley? Why does a loving shepherd lead his sheep into a valley of darkness sometimes? There might be different answers to that question, but there's at least one definite answer. It's to lead them to a better place. There's a fascinating, fascinating little book on Psalm 23 by a man named Philip Keller. Um, he was a pastor, but he was also a shepherd. And so he shared some insights on this verse. He said that every shepherd knows that predators like coyotes, wolves, bears, they hide in the shadows in the valley. It's easier to devour prey there. And every shepherd also knows that the valley is prone to things like flash floods and mudslides that can injure the sheep, if not worse, destroy the flock. And yet every shepherd also knows that sometimes the valley is also the best route to take his flock to the high country where there is better food and better water. And so sometimes a shepherd will lead his sheep, lead his flock through the valley, all the while protecting them, watching out for danger for any danger that might develop. And so when we walk through a dark valley and there seems to be danger everywhere, when we question why God is allowing us to experience whatever pain or suffering we are going through, we have to remember that truth. God is in control. What is happening to you, what is happening to me is not by mistake, it's not by accident. He is leading us through the valley. A lot of times people don't like to to think that God is in control over everything. They don't like to think about these times of suffering, that God is still sovereign. But I always ask them, imagine the alternative. If what was happening to you wasn't in God's control, if it was a mistake, if it was an accident, if it was just luck or random or chance, how much more scary is that? 
how much less hope and comfort would we have? We might not know the reasons of why we're going through what we're going through, but we can rest assured that God is taking us to the high country where the sun is warm and the grass is lush. The Apostle Paul has that famous verse in Romans 8.28. All things work together for good for those who love God. And see how David, in verse 4, how he phrases it. David says, as I walk through the valley. David doesn't say, as I stop there or as I die there in the valley, but as I walk through it. The valley is dark. And it isn't good, but our shepherd is. He knows the way. He is in control. He will lead you as you walk through it. And so the life of the sheep sometimes is filled with dark valleys, but the shepherd will lead us through it. And that leads me to my second point, the love of our shepherd. You can tell from Psalm 23, the shepherd loves his sheep. David describes God as a shepherd who wants what is best for his sheep. He leads them, he feeds them, he protects them. Right? And this is all describing God's presence with the sheep, and that's one of the ways the shepherd loves his sheep, is just by his sheer presence. And that's especially comforting in times of crisis, knowing that God is with us, not only in times of good, but especially in the bad. Right? When David says he will fear no evil, David isn't confident that he's going to get through the difficult times based on his own ability or his own talents. But he is confident because God is with him. Right? David again says, For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. David feels the love of his shepherd because the shepherd is there with him. He's protecting him from danger. Right? The rod and the staff, they're there to stave off enemies. To, to, to stave off um, predators, to keep the flock safe. Right? A shepherd that flees at the first sign of crisis clearly does not love the flock. If he, if he le- flees the flock when there is a, a wolf that comes to devour the sheep or when there is a landslide to come and, and, and destroy the flock, that shepherd does not love his flock. And yet our God is a God who is with us in the valleys, who protects us in times of danger, who loves us, who cares for us, who is always with us. Um, Again, I'm going to use my nieces here as an example. I'm sure parents, you can relate to this again. But when my nieces were really young, my brother and sister-in-law, I remember them telling me of how they had to train my nieces so that they could sleep in their own room at night. And it was difficult, especially in the early days, because my nieces were afraid of the dark. And so they would ask mom and dad, mom and dad, could you please stay with us? Because their presence was comforting, because their presence was protection. They knew that mom and dad loved them so much that they would not leave them until they fell asleep, until they were safe. Well, God is with us in the darkness as well. And he has promised that he will never leave us nor forsake us. There is no valley, no matter how dark, that you will have to walk through alone. God will never leave you. David, as he was writing this psalm, he experienced God's guidance. He experienced God as his shepherd, being with him in trying times and protecting him and watching over him. 
But David's experience pales in comparison to what we have with Jesus as our shepherd. Right? If you remember in the Gospel of John, Jesus describes himself multiple times with different I am sayings. Right? I am the bread of life. I am the true vine. I am the way, the truth, and the life. But in John chapter 10, Jesus describes himself as, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Jesus loves us so much that not only is he present with us, but he sacrificed his life for us so that you and I might live. Right? Whether you're a Christian here today or you're a non-Christian here, or if you're watching online, Right? One thing that we all have in common as people is that we are going to have to face death one day. Whatever difficulty you're going through, whatever trial you're experiencing, whether it's financial hardship, relationship problems, health scares, none of them probably compare to staring death in the face. Right? Death is still our greatest enemy. It is still the last valley of darkness that all of us have to walk through. But if you are a Christian... Jesus, as your good shepherd, loved you so much that he died for you, that his death washed away your sins. And by dying for us, our shepherd Jesus has given us hope. Death may still take hold of us, but it cannot keep us in its grip. Jesus Christ conquered death when he rose from the grave. And for those of us who believe in him, we also have that same hope that one day you and I will also rise with him. Right? David even hints at this when he ends his song. He ends his song by saying, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Right? God will be with us not only in this life, but in, all, but in the next, where we will enjoy his presence forever. Christian, no matter what valley you're going through right now, or no matter what valley you might have to face in the future, you can be confident that you can go through it because Christ already walked the darkest valley of death for you. Right? If death can no longer hold you because of what Christ has done for you, you can have confidence when faced with whatever valley life throws at you. And if you're not a Christian here today or you're not a Christian watching online, Jesus promises that if you believe in him, right, all those promises I just talked about are also promised to you. All those blessings are promised to you. Right, dark valleys can consume you. But if you believe in Jesus, the good shepherd, then you can also have this hope and this confidence. Jesus' death is the greatest expression of the shepherd's love for his sheep. But it doesn't end there. Or look at verse 6 in this song. David says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And there's two, two quick things I want to point out about this short phrase. Right, that word mercy there is a word that appears often in the Old Testament. And it's hard to translate because it's such a, it's a, it encompasses such a large range. It doesn't just mean God's mercy. It means his goodness. It means his love. It means his faithfulness. It means his steadfast, loving kindness. Right? That's, that's everything that that word means. And then the other word follow here in verse 6. That will follow you all the days of your life. It's actually a very passive translation. Maybe a, a better one is, is pursue. Right? That word follow there has the idea of hunting you down. 
God's goodness, his mercy, his steadfast loving kindness is hunting you down. God's love is so vast and so deep that it will pursue you all the days of your life. I know um, when we face trying times in our lives, it can, it can be difficult to feel that God's love is pursuing us. Right? Crisis can test our confidence in God's care for us. Is our shepherd really with us? Why is he letting me go through this valley right now? And yet as sheep, we must remember the promise that our good shepherd made to us. That neither death nor life nor angels, nor rulers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let me close with this. Um, For those of you who have read Lord of the Rings or you've seen the movie before, at the very end, um, there was one one of the hobbits, one of the characters named Sam. He asks a question to Gandalf, the wizard, the wise wizard. And Sam asks Gandalf, Gandalf, is everything sad? going to come untrue. And Gandalf, in his wise, wizardly way, basically says, yes, they are. Well, Christians, hold on to that promise that on the other side of the valley, something better is waiting for you. Remember that Jesus is making all things new, that everything sad is going to come untrue. And that one day we will dwell with him forever, where every tear will be wiped away and where death will be no more. Amen? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jesus, our good shepherd, who laid down his life for the sheep. We thank you that even amidst these dark valleys that we might be experiencing in our lives right now, we know that you are with us, that you will never leave nor forsake us. We thank you that your goodness and your loving kindness pursues us all our days, And help us to hold fast to your promises, to remember that you are making all things new. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.